Hi, hello, Kitty Jimbo, back for part two of my conversation with Babatunde Akinbaboye, where we get down and nerdy about all things music. If you haven't listened to it yet, I highly suggest you start with part one, where we cover a bunch of his biography, including how his lifelong love of hip hop merged with his late blooming interest in opera. Now, without further ado, let's get into the music. I want to go back, though, to you talking about being a hip-hop head, because I want to know which, if you have to name top five artists, sorry, got to do it to you. Yep. This is an audio platform. Uh, Baba Tunde's eyes just went wide. He looked to his left. Uh, not to impress <laughs> my questions, but anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Top, I want you to give me top five artists that you love, and then... No, we'll do that first. I have another question after, but we'll do that first. Okay, I'm going to go, I'm just going to, like, judgment-free, I'm going to go off, like, my track record. And which artist was I listening to obsessively? If I've listened to, if I know all the words to more than two of your albums, then, yeah. Yes. <sighs> yes. First, first <laughs> has to be Busta Rhymes. Um, Busta wow. Rhymes was... You see how people... If you're not a hip-hop head, you'd be really surprised by that. <laughs> like, because a lot of us don't listen to Busta as much. But I... Busta Rhymes has been extremely consistent for a very long time. Has gave us the same experience since when he was with... Uh, did the scenario with Tribe Call Quest to today. And he also gave me a lot of permission to just be... Like, I'm a, kind of like a big energy guy. And he was that way in hip-hop. He was just, like, bigger than yeah. every yes. room he was in. <laughs> yes. And he was allowed yes. to be, and so I loved him for that. And so I was, I, I latched onto him uh, pretty early. So, uh, and I won't give a diatribe for each artist, but um, oh, at least I'll try not to. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> so uh, definitely. Listen, you can if you want to. So definitely Busta Rhymes. Um, when I, like this kind of really hit, hit me hard when I was in class when I first got in the choir and was doing the classical music thing. But Eminem, Eminem was one of my anchors, and oddly enough. Be, I realized halfway through it was the experience of being from a different culture and then doing mm. music in a culture that you're that isn't typically your culture. Yeah. And I've never heard anyone talk about Eminem like that, but it does make sense to me. It it, it, it that really was his experience and he I felt the same way like he was trying like I felt like we were both trying to find validation in that industry. Like, yeah, we could find it outside. Like, yeah, if he went back, if he went to his people, everyone was like, yeah, excited or whatever. But he wanted, like, he was going mm -hmm. to the hip-hop radio stations. To the, he wasn't going to K-Rock or the, the rock stations. Like, he, yeah. he wanted that validation there. And that's kind of the, the journey I felt like I was on. Like, trying to figure this out. You know, I don't know his, well, I, I know a lot more of his story than I probably should. But um, I felt that kinship. And at the same time, like, I didn't have a lot of money, so he talked about being broke. I didn't have the best relationship with my mom. It wasn't as bad as his, but sometimes, you know, especially as a younger guy, he was saying the words that I, I couldn't say. So, Bus Rhymes, Eminem, um, oh gosh, you know, I, I, it's so cliche to put Tupac there, but it, I was, I was, I was, it was Tupac. Um, um, last two. Uh, <laughs> this is how you find out who you really, really love. Here we know, go. <laughs> you know, Ludacris. I'm definitely like a different generation. What? No one talks about this generation of like of hip hop. But yeah, Ludacris for sure. Ludacris was so okay. refreshing and so 
just diff like I could he I can understand everything he was saying. It was he was so yeah, fun. It was clear. And it's time when hip hop was like dark, just because like life was hard. But he was just so fun, yeah. and he was still like cool, respected, and it kind of like I latched onto that. It kind of gave me permission to, oh, okay, I can be fun, and people will still dig it. Cool. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely ludicrous. And oh, Snoop, absolutely Snoop. Snoop has always been him. He's been so confident in him. It's never registered how weird he is to anyone. I mean, it does I mean, to people you, that aren't have, in it. But I'm you have like, to think Snoop. past the experience of Snoop to get like, he's a little weird. He definitely gives me weird uncle vibes. I'm like, what's maybe, going on maybe, here? and maybe because when I met him, he was like, like I don't know, 18 or something like that. Um, oh, true. So, yes, I always forget he's been in the industry a very long yeah, time. I got into hip hop, uh, Dr. Dre's the first Chronic album. That was my first out. My yes. uncle snuck me the CD. It was my first CD, too. Snuck me the CD, and the parental advisory sticker was still kind of new, so my mom didn't know what I was listening to, so I just listened to it, but I learned every oh. word. I was obsessed. And I was like, who's the Snoop guy? So when his album, Doggy Style, came out, I was like, listen to that, too. And I was like, this dude, is, yeah. And so I've always been there. Anytime a Snoop thing, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I find it interesting that it, like, Tupac, like so much west coast and oh yeah that makes sense i've lived on west coasts for most of my life either yeah because i was like Lagos. i don't know where buster rhymes uh, is. he's definitely east coast but the okay, tupac okay. the snoop i was trying to like i was like am i gonna mention dre just because no one really mentions dre as a rapper but for me he was like one of my favorite rappers for a while but he was my first Wow. Okay. You, okay. I guess you were kicking up a fuss, but you actually did that pretty quickly and like pretty convincingly. Oh, I feel like it took forever. It and did. It took, <laughs> took forever. Honestly, I, I think putting, uh, like putting me like under the, uh, on the fire, if you will, uh, forced me to be really honest really quick. <laughs> and so like. Love that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's fun to know. <laughs> okay. Can you give me top five arias? Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I will answer that to, with you. I will almost never. Oh, you really do? I, that oh, I will almost really? avoid because very few people are as judgmental as an opera fan about opera. Oh. So ah, if I okay. say, yeah, if, if, if I say um, my favorite Ari, if I say my favorite song ever is, I don't know, it, it could be. Uh, Give Me Some More by Busta Rhymes. It may say some things about me, whatever. If I say my favorite aria is O Mio Babino Caro, it's going to say a lot more about me to an opera person. And so... Yeah, oh yeah. That's why I generally avoid <laughs> I it. I what um, you mean. This is okay, what... Well, this fair. is... Um, the Queen of the Night aria. Largo al Factotum. Figaro's aria from okay, yes. uh, The Barber mm -hmm. Seville. Nessun Dorma. And I know these are cliche, but bear with me. A bop is a bop. Bop is a bop. Um, <laughs> um, it's not an aria; it's a duet. Okay. Um, then, a Toriador's aria. The judges will allow a duet. The judges will allow a duet. Okay, Toriador's aria. Votre torche peut vous le rendre, Seigneur. That one and the flower duet from Lacme. Those are my favorite. Those are, I think, some of the finest things that have ever been produced by opera. And this is why. Mm. I th one of, 
personally, speaking personally, one of the things I think I started to lose in the way I was studying opera or classical music was the relationship with music. I started to think of the score and the notes and the rhythms and what was here as the music. Yeah. And I, tr- mm-hmm. and I had to like, I took a, like a journey all the way back to the beginning where for me, I felt like cavemen, if you will, were around. We heard some sounds in some order that elicited a certain feeling. And we started to refer to whatever sounds that elicited that feeling as music. And I think like mm. whenever we hear like birds produce a certain song or whatever, eh, it could just be noise until it hits. Now it's music. And so we've started to call, like to this point where if we hear something that, some good news that has nothing, it could be legal news or political news, you hear it, and we, if it feels good, we say that's music to my ears. We still call it, we describe it as music because of the feeling it, it produces. It's like, and I think mm-hmm. that is what, so as soon like people are like, that's not real music, that's not, if it does this for people, it's music. And I think, honestly, the more people, the better the music. Unless there's another goal intended with the music, but if the music was to elicit feelings and they're selling out stadiums, I'm like, they're they're winning. So those arias, I don't think, well, those songs were never going to go anywhere. You can play them in any context for any people in Mm -hmm. any culture Mm -hmm. for the most part. And it's going to hit like out of context of the opera. You can do it on a piano. You can do it a cappella, like any of them. And they're, they're, they're just fun for whatever reason between i don't know what it is it taps into something on a human level that's why they're that's why they've been singled out all these years Mm -hmm. by the populace yep so like opera has this wealth of stuff and the populace of stuff nah we're only interested in those things and because that's what hits because they know it'll work and it's those those elements have i think have been like the timeless parts of opera that like opera has been sustained by like those few arias I think those are the ones that brought that bring in the new the new audience that like it's just the best stuff in my opinion based on what I think music should be those songs have been the most successful in opera and on um, today when I hear them they still make me feel the best so those are why they were my favorite oh that <laughs> I'm stealing that thanks <laughs> That is is such an incredible way. Oh, it's an incredible way to think about that. Of of yeah, people do say it. It's music to my ears, and it's just. But why? No one asks why, and it's like you can't explain a feeling sometimes. Like yeah, you should be able to articulate your feelings, sure, but you can't always. So you know, it just being a feeling and. I love the simplicity of back in the day, we heard sounds and it just seemed like, all right. Because rhythm is one of the like first, no, well, I, I'm not, okay. I'm, we can, I have we a music can go degree, there. but <laughs> we can't go there. I'm like, I have it, time to dust off the old bachelors. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, it, it reminds me as well of when you were going back to mixing Figaro song and Humble and the way you were even just pounding on your chest and stuff, like, we make music with our bodies, with our movements all the time, especially as musicians, singers, performers, all of that. It's a part of us. And it's so sad in schools, especially how we are taught to learn music that makes it so separate from it being music that it's just like you said, notes on a page and measures and rhythms that you're learning. Do you have the right pronunciation? That We get so caught up in the details of stuff that it, the details matter, but for some people, not some nearly the as much as we make yeah. it. They don't matter nearly that much. No. Like it, it's it's 
it's it's very frustrating because I really feel, especially as a classical musician, that the the score is being elevated as the music. Like what Mozart wrote was the music, and I'm like Mozart wrote this to because it was the closest he could. There was the closest medium he had to convey what he was trying to make happen. And so use this as a suggestion, like, oh, I got this. Like one of my favorite things that has happened musically is like with jazz music, jazz has like the swung rhythm and there is no way with the tools we have with Western music notation to accurately notate the swung rhythm a hundred percent, like where you can plug it into a computer and it'll just read the notes and rhythms and it'll catch it a hundred. No, we don't have the notation because it exists outside. And and I hundred and I, I feel like it's the last clue we have to show, like less surviving clue that, like, hey, maybe that isn't music. Maybe the stuff that's being created that people keep listening to, like, maybe that's maybe that's the music, and this stuff is just the suggestion of what that should be. Oh, ugh, it's frustrating. Well, it's also interesting because it's like. Well, the music is there, but the music is only going to do so much if you don't have someone to perform it. And I think, yeah, computers can try. I know art and AI is getting a bit scary, but (laughs) and and helpful. Some people are liking it and some people are like, "Uh oh, I don't like where this is going. But (laughs) I I really do think that like it's going to be hard to do that with music. Just because, as far as I know, there isn't technology out there that can do the same thing like a human voice can to the extent of like singing. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like there's something different, you know, about muscles coming together to make a sound. I there 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 are three things. I used to say I'm <laughs> I was so I was raised very religious, but I'm not so much anymore. Um, but one of the things like I've hung on to is the 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 three things that they keep saying are in heaven that we also have here on earth are love, music, and food. And I think that um, it'll be hard to reproduce that art- those things art- artificially in the same, mm. to the point where it'll still hit when it's yeah. done by a human. And this is not like, oh, AI is dumb. Like, I'm a big fan. Another saying, I have a bunch of sayings. Another one I love is that the only <laughs> thing permanent is change. And so... I with like changing times and stuff like that. When I see the new, t- I'm like, okay, this is what I try and like figure out what it is and go along with it because all the stuff we're trying to defend now was a change that someone else was upset about before. So yeah, if we just yeah. act like we know that and we can get used to this the the stationary state of everything being changing in a regular and on a constant basis, then I think it'll just simplify and give us a simplify our lives, give us a lot less grief, a lot less grief. I mean, I can only hope because I do like you like technology. I appreciate it. But yeah, I do think that there's music and the feeling that it gives you is very, it's hard to describe. We're naming a very nebulous feeling, (laughs) but the odd thing is, is I'm sure there are people out there hearing this that are like, I know exactly what you mean. And yeah, anyway, thank you for that. I am going to be stealing that. Please. Thank you so much for tuning into part two of my conversation with Babatunde Akinboboye. I'm Kitty Jumbo, and this has been the Here Together podcast from the Philadelphia Orchestra and Kimball Center, Inc. See you next month. Also, y'all, don't forget to rate, comment, let us know how we're doing over here. I know everybody is asking for your attention. I get it. And so are we. Appreciate you.